0: Welcome to the Getting Grid Podcast. I'm Brad Pohl, your host, and I hope you're able to sit back and enjoy right now and relax a little bit as we tell another story of sinners and saints today. The great Yogi Berra once said that if you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. Well, the same could be true to say if you don't know where you came from, you might start in the wrong place. Wisdom is that one thing that always teaches us that looking back is a great way to get started on our future. And that's our story today. There are certain requirements when you're growing up, and one of those is pain. When I was real young, uh, my dad used to let me sit on his lap and steer the car when we were on long trips. I remember, you know, he was obviously close enough to grab the wheel in case I lost my senses, but I remember feeling like a, Parolee on a yacht to the Caribbean. Times were different then. Seat belts and car seats, they didn't exist. And, you know, for tennis shoes, you had to choose between Jack Purcell's and PF Flyers. Drive in movies were popular. And, you know, as Merle Haggard sang sometime later, you know, a joint was just a bad place to be. Standing up in the back seat as a kid so I could see where we were going was pretty common. And uh, occasionally a sudden stop would launch me over the front seat you know into the dash and I'd come crashing down my dad would grab me with his big right hand and toss me back in the back seat like a small mouth bass going back in the lake all the while scolding me and shooting me out because he had told me to sit down if I wasn't hurt from the initial launch he'd give me a good whack so that it did hurt if I were if I would have shown up back then as a kid you know for a Neighborhood bike ride with you know a bunch of buddies and I had a helmet on. The only thing it would have protected me from were the rocks they would have thrown. Pain, like landing on the asphalt after crashing your bike, was supposed to teach us not to repeat bad or stupid things. I can remember competing in a sixth grade pentathlon against other schools in our county. We had... I think two sprint races, I think it was the 50 and the 100, and we threw a, a shot, uh, we did pull-ups, and, and, and then we had a mile run. And we did it all in our Levi's in our tennis shoes. Of course, I wore PF flyers because they make you run faster, jump higher. And But we did have a cool white t-shirt, it was something that we brought from home in our school and we stenciled the name of our school on the front of it. Nobody carried a water bottle or had designer socks or, you know, special shorts or tees or headbands or personal trainers, and and we wore the same shoes all day long, including to and from the event. By no means was I a poor child. My family was, they did just fine. That was just the way it was. The word participation was only used to describe, you know, lists, not individuals, you know, like it is today. And a participation award wouldn't, wouldn't have made any sense because it, it didn't mean that you had actually played, but only that you were present and accounted for. If you weren't good enough in those days, you got cut. And if you weren't cut, you got to play based on how well you played. Nothing else. There, there were no mandates. There were other things to do for those who got cut or, you know, those who decided not to play because of limited time. They made their mark in in other ventures and and grew up alongside us and and turned out just as normal as we did. I had two pretty good concussions in high school. Both times, the coach stuffed an ammonia capsule up my nose. Both times, I I was cleared to finish the game, and I did. We just didn't think of it any further than that, you know, back then. Our mothers stayed up with us all night. And when we, when we got concussions, and, and then when we got up in the morning, they told us that we were safe. I can still do math. I can still spell. I have 15 grandkids, and I can remember all their names. I can remember my wife's birthday. I can tie a blood knot and teach you how to run power, the 4-3 defense, or even the annexation of Puerto Rico. So for you non-believers, put a helmet on and go for a bike ride. Some things haven't changed. Excuses were made then just as well as they're made now. Blame was passed to others then just like it is today. The difference is, is that the bad excuses in passing the blame had a shorter lifespan. And those transgressions caught up with the perpetrators a lot faster and it was painful. It was a pretty common thing for an adult other than, you know, your mom and dad or your parents, you know, whoever to bring it to your attention, that your behavior was exhibiting something that lacked character or integrity. And they use those two specific words, character and integrity, as if there was some common understanding, acceptance or standard of these virtues that we share in our society. I once got a whooping at school from the principal, that's right, you got sent to the principal's office, you had to reach down, grab your ankles, and he took this wooden paddle, I don't know, it was about four or five feet long, and it was filled with holes so he could swing it faster, and he whacked you right in the butt. Well, when I got home, my father had already heard about it, and he gave me another licking, all for shooting spit wads at people in a school play. But we were raised to wear our mistakes Forgiveness was easier to get than permission back then, just like it is now, except that the concept of forgiveness still had a biblical life to it, and a contrite heart was a bigger requirement. We were taught that to do something, you know, for the common good was both our right and our responsibility, it was both those things. See, our parents came from the Great Depression and the war years, and everyone had to chip in back then to make ends meet, and Folks had to rely on one another for the greater good. They tried to instill these things in us kids. Being a hard worker and being known as a hard worker was something that instilled pride. Being a person that showed respect for elders, people in authority, the police, the military, and by all means the President of the United States was a responsibility. All these things began to erode though at that time. As You know, we have to recognize that we had a need in this country to right the wrongs of racial injustice. No one can say that we were better in those days. In regard to racial inequality, we were far worse. But we still possessed a Judeo-Christian ethic in our society back then that gave us the ability to be better. The Pledge of Allegiance and the Ten Commandments were still present in the schools. And we had to learn these words back then. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. In that light, respect for authority had its due and it still does. We all have a responsibility to mankind, our society, and the Lord God, our creator, for our own personal stake and for all of our stake in the freedom that we share. I still have the scar from my smallpox vaccine. We got them at school. It's the only infectious disease we've ever eradicated We had other vaccines, too. People believed back then that we were in it together to win. That was the goodness of America. Understanding toughness only comes from living it. The mothers are better at telling us when the pain ends and it's safe. That responsibility is a right shared by all. And pain is a requirement for us to grow up. Ain't it so? This is Get and Grit signing off. Hope you come see us now at www.gritquest.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hope to see you all there soon.